Nick Fleetwood 10 minute drum solo. Oh, I thought you were doing a slap nut there. I could be a slap nut because <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's going for the international <laughs> championship. Yeah. Yes, welcome back to Wrestling Makes the World. Takes, yours truly, CB, alongside the one and only AED. We're back at it again, Caprini, for another edition. And uh, you're doing the cold chiropractor thing going there. You ever yeah. gone to the chiropractor before? Oh, I go every two weeks. It's great. I, I want to do that. I, 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 I'm addicted to watching those chiropractic uh-huh. videos on YouTube. I think the fair part's getting my neck cracked. So, Walk me through that before we dive into actually why we're here for okay. the show. But like, what is that experience like? I see those videos where they like strap the thing around your head. Oh, I haven't had that. And they pull on you. I haven't had that, but I kind of always have one. It sounds a little petrified. They said it. They said it feels fantastic. So I've always been curious, like, because I'm. I think if I had to pick another career, I should have been a chiropractor because I love like the crack. I, not I, yeah. the drug crack. Not the, yeah, no, no crack. Yeah, I'm not like uh, you know, like in the Wolf of Wall Street while yeah. behind a phone booth. Yeah, no, no, the I like the cracking of bones. I think that would have been my career. But yeah, I've always been curious how that one would go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm like petrified. Like, oh my god, are they going to snap my neck? But I'm wondering to like try it on myself at home. <laughs> I'll try it myself. I, or, I have have like a friend, or have like a friend try it on me. Like, quick, put the towel around my neck and just quick. You want me to try to crack your neck? Oh, man. <laughs> That'll go for a while. Um, well, that's our whole spine when you do the towel move. It goes all the way down to your Is that what it tailbone. does? Yep, it decompresses your spine. That's the purpose of it. That's interesting. I mean, I mean I've heard just a simple way of doing it. They it have to pull your spine apart. It was like inversion tables. That's like the... That's uh, what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Where you like, they just hook your feet up and they just turn you upside down, down and yeah, it just but, relieves all the pressure. Yeah. There's those. I feel like that's like not enough. I feel like no. I feel like the jolt is what helps. So I wonder if are you like technically like maybe a, a couple like maybe an inch taller after you do that? I don't know. Probably not. I would say it's just getting rid of the pressure you had. And then they got that hammer thing. They mm-hmm. hammer you. They hammer well, that's just like a limited they hammer your ass yeah, too. That, that's a limited thing. That's not a normal chiropractor. Is that just like what does that do? That's just putting your bones back in the back in line. They're out of line. And but then, not not many chiropractors in the world do that. And they've got that special table where you just see them and they yeah. raise you up a little bit. Yeah, usually you just go and they kind of just like crack your back real quick and they crack your neck and they send you on your way. So when you go, and then we'll wrap up here before mm-hmm. we're going to start a chiropractic co- podcast next. But, um, <laughs> what do, so what do they, on a regular basis, you go in there, what do they do on a regular basis? Uh, so I go, I start on a rolling table. I uh, get a little ten minute on the roller, uh, then I just go get adjusted. And do you hear a lot of noise? Like, is a lot of. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, depending on how I feel that day. Yeah, depending on like usually if I'm like tighter, I won't as much. If I'm loose that day, then uh, yeah, I get a lot more. So is it just air coming out, or you just have like all kinds of like you know that causes it's that. bubbles that develop in your joints? Yeah. Oh. I love it. I, I watched the one with our friend Kenny Omega when he got mm-hmm. his adjustment for full gear last two years ago. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was quite the uh, quite the show. Just the. Mm-hmm. Yep, I enjoy it. Sure. I highly recommend it. It is for sure. Um, so welcome back to the show again. Uh, it's title time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a big Revolution pay review two weeks ago, and uh, we talked about it a little bit. And we're debuting our uh, championship belt. Unveiling our brand new Lineal Heavyweight Championship of the World title belt. Caparini, thank you again for the design work. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, classic 
style design with the eagle in the middle and uh, the big gold kind of theme. Excited about it. And, um, you know, trying to, to decipher who is the best, the best, the best, the best. That's what we try to do here on the show. Wrestling makes the world taste. Mm -hmm. So this episode, like we do every month, we're going to go through our top five. Who do we think are the cream of the crop in professional wrestling? And see who maintains or wins the reward of being named the absolute best professional wrestler on earth. And that's not just match quality. Yep. That's not just promo quality. It's also who's the most over, who's the one kind of catapulting the business forward on their mm -hmm. shoulders. That's yeah. who is deserving of this championship title right here. So let's get into it, Cabernet. Let's get into it. Shall we do it? All right, so, number five. I'll start. This is my uh, uh, number five. So my number five is Mercedes Monet. Show recent, me the Monet. The recent returning one, the new uh, IWGP Women's Champion. Uh, you know, I think since she's come in, she's done a great job. There was a lot of buzz when she came back. Like, you know, I think it was like a foregone conclusion. It was like the secret everyone knew. That she was coming back at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and, you know, she had a great match with Kyrie. And, you know, I think why I have her, in, her at this spot is because her role going in was to help establish the IWGP and New Japan Women's Division. And I think that's what she's done. She's brought legitimacy, legitimacy to it, to her name. She literally has people lining up now to face her. Uh, I, I agree, and I yep. think uh, you know, I, I think she's de definitely done that. I mm -hmm. think she's absolutely put the uh, division on the map, and I, um, I I think this is a good spot for her. My question for you is, what does her trajectory look like for the rest of the year? She's obviously made a huge splash yeah. at Wrestle Kingdom. What's next for Mercedes Monet? Wait, because they said she's currently through April with New Japan. Um, so you wonder, does that extend? Um, I would love to see her absolutely at Forbidden Door. That would that be would be a great place for her to be. Like I think that's a really good place to put a spotlight on her. You know, you put her like as the IWGP Women's Champion in a match with whoever the Women's Champion is in AEW, even if it's Jamie Hayter. I think that'd be a fantastic match. Or you put her against Britt Baker. Oh, that, like, that's a dream match yeah, right there. That's Red, a dream match right there itself. Yeah, I think that's the match I would love to see personally. If she was to face someone at AEW, I think that would tear the house down. 100%. Absolutely. Um, so I think, yeah, but I think that's why I have her at number five is because what she's already done in such a short period of time since coming back. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot, and I could easily see they set something up where she mm -hmm. debuts at Double or Nothing to kind of set that match up for the following month at mm -hmm. Forbidden Door, should they yeah. do it again in June again. But mm -hmm. that would be such an incredible pop. you got Vegas, you got T-Mobile Arena, you got a rockin' house. Um, Could it I be think, Jade as well she faces? That would be incredible. Mm -hmm. That almost might elevate the TBS title be like a bigger yeah. fight feel than the world title. Yeah. Yeah, so, solid options out there for her. Solid number five choice. So I'm going to get into my number five next. I've got the one and only, you can't see me, living legend himself. We've got John Cena. I put number five. After one appearance. One appearance, but it was an appearance that I'll never forget. I mean, he showed why he is the 16-time world champ, why he's a certified first ballot Hall of Famer. He came back and literally eviscerated poor Austin Theory. I felt terrible. Nope, I didn't. <laughs> you're, you're an Austin Theory hater. I actually, I actually think he's got a lot of promise. Although when John Cena came out and literally exposed him mm -hmm. in front of everybody, he just he was just speaking the facts. 
I, I almost felt bad. So give me your thoughts on that promo unbiasedly. What did you think of the Austin Theory? That oh, was a great promo. He got promo. destroyed. Literally, like, it was like, it wasn't like I'm going to come and kick your ass. It was like, no, you're just, nobody cares. You're going to lose no matter what. That was just, like, painful. <laughs> yep. What do you think the, like, do you think that was just off the cuff? He just put that together, like, I'm going to teach this kid a lesson to, like, find oh. that inner, like, soul that he needs to be the the upper echelon? Is that what he's trying to do? I, like, I think that could be the purpose of it. Although, you know, I, part of me wants John Cena to win. Do we think that's going to happen? Do you think he's going to win the U.S. title? I think it could. Do you think he's going to come back and defend it? like, And then lose to someone else, maybe quickly? Well, like the next night? or like Yeah. A... Yeah, I could see that, like maybe. But who? Debuting, maybe. Somebody from the land of Japan, maybe? Okay. Uh, that would be something. Mm-hmm. That would be quite the post-WrestleMania Raw, is if... You're telling me the Switchblade Jay White is going to debut in the mm-hmm. Open Challenge, mm-hmm. or AJ Styles comes back. That would be fun because you could tie it all back. They had a a long-standing feud mm-hmm. uh, for the in the and he loves to beat up John Cena mid 2010s. So he does love to beat up John Cena. And they had uh, uh, they had quite the feud. Um, so yeah, I got, I got ideas here. I'm not saying that for no reason. That's why I like to say this would be another T-shirt. We want to get branded pens so we could say our hashtag is take the pen, take mm-hmm. the pen. Um, I like that. I like where you're going. I didn't think of all that. I, I like where you're going with that. That would be a lot and of fun. can go back to the Bob in the car where he belongs. <laughs> you're, you, you just want to get him out of the business. Don't you? yep. You're just not a fan at all. Nope. He's Lost just theory. not good on the mic. He's just bleh. That's why the answer is you put him in the manager. That's still, he's just blah. And you know who the guy is for that. Like even he doesn't You make blow, him a Paul Heyman guy. But he doesn't blow me away in the ring either. But he's got a good look, right? He's got a good look. He's got a slick back hair. He's got yeah, a good well, physique. He's got the look, but he's absolutely terrible in the ring. I don't know, but he's got something. He's got the it factor. You don't think so? No, I don't right, think so. Who would you say is the next guy? Like, obviously, Roman's not going to be around forever. Roman's the guy right now. Cena was the last guy. Before that was The Rock and Steve mm-hmm. Austin. And Triple Are you H. talking about it's like a young guy? A guy who you would put on a poster. If you're going young guys, I really like Carmelo Hayes. I can see that. He's got a lot of charisma. He's got the look. He's got the look. It's he's like that rock set song yep. from 1989. Mm-hmm. She's got yep. the look. He actually has a, got He's got a personality on like someone. He's got a character. You know, he's, he could talk on the mic. I, I prefer him. Or someone currently on the main roster, Montez Ford. Okay. Wow. I mean, the only thing is to get them, to get the mainstream people to know about these guys, they're going to have to do a little bit of... Well, they didn't know about Roman Reigns when he first they started. They didn't. Really. It took a while, though. I mean, Roman won his first world title in exactly. 2015. They got to start somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say Roman really broke through until about 17. Right? Yeah. Like, he debuted mm-hmm. in 12. Yep. And was in a faction for a while. Yeah. Started getting into his own kind of feuds in, in 14. Uh, with Triple H and a couple others, and then it mm-hmm. won his first world title in 15, everybody hated him. Yep. Like, and it was like, go away heat. It wasn't even like, bad guy heat. Yep. And and then it wasn't until 17, and then you know, he beat The Undertaker, and everybody still pissed all over him every time they could. Yep. 
And then he came back with Bloodline, and now everybody respects him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they got to build up someone new. It's not him. No, I, I I agree. I think it's just gonna take it's gonna take a few years. I think it takes either got like some crazy it factor like a Brock Lesnar of two thousand two yeah. where you come in and you're just. I think the problem with Theory too is just his character is just so bland. Like there's nothing like that gets you like to really sink your teeth into him about him. Like as much as a look he has, like he does have the look, but as far as like you know. Character-wise, does he have anything to like sink your teeth in to invest in him? He doesn't have anything going for him right now. To, like say, like, oh, I need, I want to know what's going on with Austin Theory because you don't, <laughs> you, you don't, you can't. And I don't know a person out there, you know, who could honestly say legitimately, like, you know, I want to sink my teeth into what Austin Theory is doing because I think he's doing great because he's not. Like even since he won the U.S. title back, what's he done? All right, you've got a good point. I can't argue with there. You know, I guess, all right, when you think about it, do I think I could see him, like, if I'm 12 years old and trying, like, I got a buddy who's like, you got to watch this WWE pay-per-view that's coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Here's the, you know, here's the poster, like, the card. You, Survivor Series told, yeah, 2028 is coming up. Who's on that poster? And even if you told them nothing about it, like, you just had him watch the show, like, he wouldn't stand out. And I'll be honest, I don't like his intro music either. You'd be a tough it's very, uh, it's very mid, talent relations guy. It's a very mid-card intro. That's fair, for sure. Mm-hmm. But even so, our number five over here that I have, John mm-hmm. Cena had a very mid-card look and intro in 2002 when he came out. It wasn't until... But he had personality, though. He's always had personality. He did, and it wasn't until, like, what... Uh, a year later, when he started doing the rapping gimmick, yeah, which was kind of an accident. He was on a European bus trip, mm-hmm. going to a house show, and to pass the time, he was rapping with the boys on the yeah. bus. And <laughs> Stephanie McMahon overheard it and was like, "What the hell is that?" Like you said, that's a year for theory. He's been around for how long now? And this is all we've gotten. Like, so I think at this point, you would know if he has anything. And we, yeah. we haven't really seen anything from him in this whole time. He hasn't evolved in any way. We got yeah. we got small glimpses of it in the fall, and then they kind of just completely forgot about it. And we got glimpses last year with uh, with Vince McMahon, kind of uh, you know just uh, kind of taking him under his wing a little bit. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe he needs a little character refresher. Maybe it's kind of like you know Randy Orton went through the same thing. Randy Orton came in. In 2002, with just trunks and no character, mm-hmm. and it wasn't till a few years in when he became the Viper, the Legend yeah. Killer. Maybe Austin Theory needs an indie run. He needs a Cody Rhodes thing, maybe. Uh, that I can Where see he, that Cody Rhodes was supposed to be the like the prodigal son because he was Dusty's kid. Didn't work out. Went on Did the nothing indie. Nothing was a plan. El- El- just any El- other guy. himself and came back and look at him. Maybe he needs something like that. I think he could, but I, I, my opinion, I don't think we ever see. We know we'll never see that. I don't know if we'll what see Cody that again. Rhodes yeah. did will never be repeated again. Yeah, it, I mean we can't say that for sure, but it definitely you know could be a while at least. I would say where he did all the things he did, where he essentially launched. You know, the term is overused, yep. but a revolution mm-hmm. with the all in and just. Just the yeah. whole kind of momentum. It's just like, yeah, it's my favorite story. I hope they write a book about it someday. 
No. But I'll put it on my pillow. Till he proves me wrong, that's my opinion about him. That's fair. Uh, you know, do I think he's a Hall of Famer in the next Stone Cold Steve Austin? No. Uh, do I think a guy, he's a guy that they could put the world title on someday? Sure. I hope not right now, based off what I'm seeing now. I mean, they gave the Jinder Mahal, remember that? After that, I think anybody... Yeah, but I think I'd rather see Jinder Mahal than him right now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like him at all. Well, because at least Jinder Mahal had a gimmick. He did have a gimmick, and he had foot size, too. Great physique. What is Theory's gimmick? Right now, uh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Great question. He before was like selfie selfie thing. the whole selfie thing he did for a while, which was absolutely stupid. I hate it. It was like a knockoff Tyler Breeze. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, and Tyler I, Breeze did that. And Tyler yeah. Breeze, I think, did it a little better. Yeah, and he I came so, out a little more flamboyant. Yep, and I hated fringe, it. Yeah. And then now we're on, like, whatever... A top-down thing, yeah. I don't know what he's doing. It sucks. It sucks. If I ever want to get you wound up, I'm just going to call you up and ask you what do you think of Austin Theory. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you a message yep. like in the middle of the afternoon on yep. a Tuesday. What do you think of Austin Theory? Mm-hmm. Like I said, until he proves me wrong, it sucks. Um, so that's why I put John Cena number five. Um, he came in and proved why he was... Is a certified whole hair. He literally uh, snatched the soul out of Austin Theory in mm-hmm. a 10 minute promo. Yep. I'm like, oh my God, I got lost in him. And this is Theory's chance to show something in this uh, feud as well. For I sure. We'll learn a lot about him here too, as well, I think. Like, if he's going to show me something, now's the time because you're in the probably one of the goats on the mic, if not the goat. This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity for sure. He cannot. Drop the ball yep. on this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yep, because I think putting in a match with Cena is a big responsibility. So if he blows it, I don't know if he can recover. Yes, if he blows his load here and not the ultimate climax, it's going to be a big problem. Mm-hmm. Big problem. I agree. Yep. Moving on to number four. What do you got? I have Sami Zayn for me at number four, which I think I had him a little higher on the last one, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, he's been doing a great job with the feud. You know, he's no longer putting the one-up anymore, though. I thought um, I did see that, though, on SmackDown well, this week. Well, he put it up uh, on Monday, but then got his head kicked in by uh, by Jey Uso. Yes, yes, he did. Um, but So I don't think he'll be putting up a one anymore anytime soon. Um, so, you know, we talked about this. It's, you know, he's involved in the story of the decade. Um, we've talked about recently... Um, wrestling-wise, and, you know, he's been the key piece, besides Roman Reigns, the key piece of this whole storyline, um, which is why I have him at number four. Um, he's kind of slightly gone downward, but not much, because there's been other guys that kind of elevated themselves to kind of jump ahead of him that are doing bigger things than him right now, because, you know, like we predicted, Sami Zayn... Most likely will be in a secondary uh, thing with the tag titles going into Mania. Whereas other guys we ha- I have above on my list are heading into more primetime uh, feuds. I agree, and I could see that. Um, 
And I think you'll be very surprised to see my number four and mm -hmm. kind of tap, tapping into this a little bit. Oh, it is Sami Zayn himself. Um, I am so happy for Sami Zayn. The oh, last, yeah. The last six months. Coming off his liberator and conspiracy gimmick to where he is now. Like, what a complete... scoff thing. He looks like yeah, a cab driver. What a, complete, just like, what a complete 180. And just seeing him year, like years after years, El Generico, and coming up mm -hmm. through the, the indies, and well, even coming today. in uh, when he debuted on the main roster, he was super hot, and they just squandered him. They did, yeah. They had him lose to Braun Strowman and just get squashed a little mm -hmm. bit. Yep. Mick Foley yelled at him on TV. It was just wasn't. They didn't know what to do with him, and they couldn't figure it out. And I always thought. I thought five years ago he was going to be the heir apparent to the Daniel Bryan character when he had to retire because of concussions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he kind of had that same baby face vibe of yep, underdog and the crowd behind him. Yeah, and I thought they would capitalize on that. They didn't. What's this thing like the underdog from the underground? Was that his thing? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had the, the he was wore the checkered hat. So yeah, like, that could be a product they sell. Like you buy your own Sami Zayn hat at mm -hmm. the shop.com. Yeah. Um, so it, it made sense, but, and then he fell off for a while and then he, you know, kind of tags and, yep. and, you know, did this conspiracy thing, the comedy thing with, yep. um, so just to see it, him get to this point, I'm, I'm really happy for him. And I think this is, this will be a kind of an ultimate story for him. You know, obviously he's in the tag title kind of feud now. He's still in that upper echelon. He's in that like top five. Mm -hmm. group of superstars in terms of importance right now. Yep. I think we... I'm going to make a early, very early, bold prediction. Okay. We're going to see Sami Zayn win the world championship at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia next year. Hmm. I was more leaning towards him winning Money in the Bank. You could see that. And maybe that's what gets him there. Maybe he mm -hmm. hangs on to it for a while, and yep. that you know he's a long term. Well, just imagine that means for the first time in a while it would be a non Roman Reigns main event. Could be. I think. I think we're going to see Roman take a little time off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is this might be Roman's last hurrah. Like I said too, I think when he loses, I think the logical match for him next year is against The Rock. Yes, because at that point, what else is there wrong for Roman to do? Mm -hmm. Roman's got all the tools to be a celebrity. Yep. Yeah. You could be. You go in the movies if you wanted. Absolutely. I, I fully expect him to do that. It's just so like, does he? You know, I think does he go more the Rock route of the early two thousands where he did his big thing and ended the big feud with Hulk Hogan and then Steve Austin disappeared and came back as a special attraction? Yep. Or does he do the John Cena route where he's just always around for ten years and then he kind of goes to Hollywood? Yeah. See the John Cena route. You see him just sticking around for a while. Yeah, I see him sticking around a little while longer. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think he's gonna I think we're gonna see him become more of a special attraction thing after this. Yeah. Well yeah, I think it'll be like obviously he's on that more part time schedule, mm -hmm. which, you know, was made known when he signed his new contract. So I think we will see him less than we have been, obviously because he's not the champion. Um, so, I mean, it could be not till like, SummerSlam we even see him, season, so we see him again after this. I could see him, and I would say, you know what, even if he never holds the world title again, I don't think he needs to. He he will forever be tied to that title, mm -hmm. after, like, a three-year legendary run. Yep, and, yeah, and the best story in the decade, for sure. 
Yep, so Sammy is number four right now, but mm -hmm. I think this is just temporary for him. I think we someday we will see him that, maybe that touching think, that top spot. Well, it's possible. It is possible. At some point in the next year or so. I'm gonna say. All right, let's get into number three. Number three. My, my number three, I have uh, no longer dashing. He's now the American Nightmare. Yes. Or he's not Stardust. He's not. He's definitely no, not it's, Stardust. Uh, it's Cody Rhodes for me. You know, it would be fun if for like one night he just shows up in the Stardust. Yeah, Stardust. And I just, yeah. You have to pay him a lot of money to do that, I think, at this point. Um, this was the lowest point of his career right there. Yeah. So, you know, he's heading into his uh, his big moment. That mania, like, we're, we're on the, uh, the culmination of the dream he's had for so long to take the WWE Championship, um, which we all expect him to do. You know, we got a good intro, I would say, to the Roman Cody feud um, a week ago. Um, from the time we're filming this, um, we had like a nice little mini segment between Roman and Cody. Um, I'm curious to see how it picks up, you know, how often they come face to face with each other leading up to it. Um, because they've kind of had like Cody and Sammy having their own thing going with the bloodline right now. So I'm curious when they kind of go back to the Roman Cody thing to really lead into the main event. But, you know, he's really doing a great job. You know, he's definitely their number one baby face, I would say, in the company. Right now, for sure. Like, I would say him one, Sammy two right now. Um, but it's like a 1A, 1B scenario. It's not like, you know, Sammy's far behind. Um, but, yeah, Cody is, is doing a great job. Um, and it's time. It's time for him to get the run he deserves. I agree. And I think you mentioned their 1A, 1B. I think it sets up a perfect opportunity for the Cody comes out to, with both titles over his shoulder, at the uh, first the night after WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And what I would love to see, if I've quote-unquote taken pen now for a second, mm -hmm. he comes out with both titles, and he says, this is a new era in the WWE, and I'd like to unveil the classic Winged Eagle That's what he wants. Championship he wants that belt. Also, do you wonder, do they stick with the one champion, or do they eventually go back to the... Uh, each brain has its own champion. Uh, I think he could do that, and you don't have him lose it. I think you yeah. just have a tournament to yeah, decide. I, I like, think the only thing that messes with it too is like you know with their live event schedule, for example, it's hard to have someone who's holding both titles show up on many live events because they got to be on Raw, they got to be on SmackDown, and they need their time off as well. In addition, it could. Um, so that's why you wonder: do they go back to the route eventually where they go one sh uh, champ per show? Could do that, but I would say if you're going to do that, it's fine. You let Cody uh, debut the Winged Eagle WWE mm -hmm. Championship, and he picks a show, and he says, you know what, I'm going to make my home here on Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. And they decide on SmackDown that they're going to have a tournament for a new yep. um, Universal Championship or whatever the title they decide to put over there yeah. um, to crown that, and they build that kind of into a storyline itself. Yeah, I think. That's but I don't cool. say you have them lose it because you no, can take no, some no, steam no. off. Yeah. yeah, if they're gonna do it, it'd be Cody would be the time to do it because you have a face champion. Yeah. So yeah, I'm curious if they go that route or they just keep them together for an extended period of time like they did in the past. They could. I mean, you think about they. It wasn't until you know the brand extension they had two titles. They mm -hmm. used to just have one, even dating back to the '70s and '80s. And yep. And if. 
Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage, who had the world title, couldn't make the house show, they'd have the Intercontinental title on yep. top. Although I kind of liked having the two different champions on the shows. I mean, it's kind of fun. It, it gives more opportunity for other guys. Exactly. I think that's why I liked it because other like it gave more guys an opportunity to be like the spotlight guy on their show. Whereas now, like you have like the one guy that's flip flopping between shows as the guy. For sure. Um, and it's less you know championship feuds that that are uh, out there then. For sure. For sure. Um, so. None, surprisingly enough, I think we're aligned again. I have the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. It's my number three as well. Mm -hmm. um, kind of piggyback on what I was talking about. He comes out and debuts the Winged Eagle Championship and says, you know, I'm here to lay out an open challenge for anybody in the back. And he gets all emotional in his promo. He's going to be uh, a fighting champion. That's going to be his whole I'm going to be a fighting champion, and I'm challenging anybody in the back who wants to come and take this from me. And mm -hmm. gets all excited about it. And I think Sami Zayn shows up. And then it's just him by himself. And he explains how he went through this journey of going up and down the roads. And he went through the bloodline. And now it's my time. I'm here. And then kind of plants the seeds a little bit for maybe a SummerSlam feud between those two. Or, or something. I'm just thinking it could be fun. It could be emotional. Yeah. There's, there's meaning behind it. They've both kind of been in similar uh, crossroads in their yeah. life, their career. Oh, well, I see what you did there. It's crossroads. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Nice little thing. That's it. All right. Um, number two. Number two. Let's get into it for me. Uh, number two is the reigning defending AEW World Champion MJF for me. You know, uh, former lineal heavyweight champion. Former, yep. Yeah, he was our second ever champion, I believe. Um, you sure know, he was. Came off an absolute barn burner of a match against Brian Danielson. One of his best of his career. I think life. it is the best of his career. Uh, you know, for him, it's probably, I would say, this match and his dog collar match are his top two. Uh, absolutely, by far. The last 15 months of MJF's career have been just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable ride. Minus a hiatus. Minus the hiatus, but you know what? Sometimes absence makes the heart, the heart grow fonder, and I think that absence ele elevated his stock a little bit. Remember oh, that yeah. pop he got when he came uh, back and all out? Uh, when he got the scarf over his finger, but he went, Whoa. Yep. Oh, yeah, big pop. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he's been doing such a great job as champion, I think, recently, uh, you know, kind of leading into the Revolution pay-per-view, like, you know, the month prior, he was kind of, like, fizzling a little bit. Uh, I think it's just because we're in that lull period um, between pay-per-views, but he really picked it up towards the end um, and really delivered on an extremely, extremely, extremely strong match. Um, and, you know, really showed, you know, he can go bell to bell and is very talented in the ring. We already knew about his mic skills, but I think this match clearly demonstrated how good he is in the ring as well. No, by far, there's no undoubting him, and that's why you go to my number two. Mm -hmm. uh, surprisingly enough, is MJF, the AEW World Champion. Uh, obviously, the best talker in the business. There was a lot of questions, even myself, I'll admit it. I said, I don't, you know, I've never seen him in that long of a match. Can What kind of endurance does he have? Mm -hmm. uh, especially against Brian Danielson. And he absolutely silenced all doubters. Oh, any doubt that he can do whatever he wants physically and now also from a character standpoint. So uh, hats off to MJF on a performance of a lifetime. Mm -hmm, for sure. Um, we'll see what, what happens to him next. But, yeah, I agree. It was interesting. There was that little bit of a lull period after full gear when he won the world title. 
And even after like, Winter is Coming, I think that's where it started really for me. After his Ricky Starks at Winter is Coming, that's when the lull started for me. Yeah, it was just like, what are they going to do next with him? Is this kind of fizzling? Is this feud? Maybe the, is this title run maybe a bust? And then towards the final couple weeks, building a revolution, then we saw the old. MJF we saw back. the classic MJF. Yep, he got those vicious promos where he mm-hmm. dug down deep and the emotions. Yeah, he just had to stop what you're doing and watch the TV when he came on. He, well, he brought that real life into it. He did talking about the title was all he had, you know, because his fiance left him. You know, so this is the only thing he needs in his life. Is this? This is the only thing he has. That promo. Really pulled at my arse. I almost wanted to like tweet him, like, "Hey, boss, you're right." Like, you know, <laughs> and he would have said, "Fuck you." He would have said, "Fuck you, Carl. Look at you. You're bald. You're skinny fat. Look at you. Skinny fat. Skinny yeah, fat. Skinny <laughs> fat. It's like uh, somebody once called me that because I'm like, I got like slender body, but I got a little belly. Skinny, okay. Skinny fat. Interesting. Never heard that term before. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I've heard um, of, like slim thick, but not like skinny fat. Oh, slim thick is a cooler sound. That's yeah. a cool <laughs> phrase. We use that slim thick, but I think it deals with like you're slim and then you have like a thick rear end. I don't know. Not, not well, I don't have that. I have no yeah. ass. I've got yeah. like stick legs, but I got a little. Yeah, so you're not belly. slim thick. Not slim thick. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to be slim. Not thick. slim thug either. Slim thug. <laughs> thug a hundred big heart speed up. Remember that song? We yeah. used to play that song on the way to the seventy six. What a, what what a jam! Yeah. I'm gonna play that later tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she likes it real slow, slow. Then yep. we speed it up, like, oh. <laughs> um, so, there's no doubting MJF at this point. Uh, we'll see what happens next, but even if it all stopped right now, he even said, I think, in his post- press conference, uh, if I retire right now, it'd be a Hall of Fame career, and I think I wouldn't doubt him for that. I don't know yet. I don't think he'd be the Hall of Famer yet, but he's on that trajectory. It's longevity at this point. Yeah, it's longevity. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously had a hell of a run since he's come in, but he needs the longevity piece of it now. So the big question is, mm-hmm. I'll let this marinate for a minute. Deep breath. Okay. The war of twenty twenty four. What do you think happens? Does he resign or does he go to WWE? Hmm. I. I want to say he stays. I really want to say he stays, but I can't say for certain. I'm leaning towards staying, though, right now. If he were to go, let's say Triple H and company pull out the big money for him, do you think he has the same level of impact? If he com- if he goes, it's to have the jetpack strapped onto his back. And your Mania main event could be like, MJF Cody for the WWE Championship and MJF wins it. Can you imagine that? WrestleMania 40, we get to be there for Philadelphia. Yep. And it's MJF versus Cody for the world title. That would be like yep. insane. Yeah, it'd be insane. MJF debuts at the Royal Rumble, wins at the Royal Rumble, and then sets up him and Cody. Um, so for MJF to have the AJ Styles treatment, he would have to come and win the Rumble, and he would have to be. He, in the WrestleMania main event, or or close to it, or in that top kind of upper echelon feud, like immediately with the world champion. Yep. Um, do you think that's that's a realistic kind of thing for MJF? If he's gonna leave, I think it has to be realistic. It have to be kind of in that conversation with the contract. It's like I'm gonna need all the money that you can give me, plus, plus. I need to be 
I want to be the top heel in the company and I want to be pushed to the top of the card right away. So the question is, do you think the general WWE population will know or care that much of who MJF is when he comes in? I think the fans are definitely educated enough to know who he is. You know, it's not like we're back in the days where you only knew like certain people or like only a certain company. Like there's so much wrestling out there in the world that fans are more educated these days. So they definitely know, I would say for sure, most should know who he is. Um, you know, just thinking about like when AJ Styles debuted, you know, think of how many people knew him. Big now, pop, yeah. now there's so much more exposure on wrestling. Um, so definitely I would say more people even know MJF. So, you know, I think if you got that push right away, people would be okay with it because he has that recognition, I would say. Yeah, and I agree. And the the thing is, even if you don't know who he is, all you have to do is give the microphone for one promo. And he'll and let, let you him, know who he and is. He'll let you know who he mm -hmm. is. And mm -hmm. you're going to who the fuck is that asshole? Yeah. Like, that's what you're going to think the second he starts talking. Mm -hmm. um, it, he makes you suspend all belief for oh, a minute. Yeah. We, we know it's all a show, but when he talks, you feel something. Mm -hmm. You feel like... Oh, this guy is something. Yeah. He's a prick. <laughs> For sure. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, he, he, he's former lineal heavyweight champion, and I have no doubt that someday he may hold that title once again. Could be a two-timer. For sure. Absolutely. He is a two-timer for sure. Yep. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, the Lindell Heavyweight Championship of the World. Caparoni, drum roll, please. It is no other than... Tribal Chief himself. Mm -hmm. Roman Reigns. Retains the championship once again, and deservingly so. Absolutely. The man's on a run of a lifetime. Uh, I mean, run of a yeah, run of a decade at least. I would say absolutely run of a decade. He's firmly established himself as the guy of the what we call the two thousand tens into the twenties. Um, Definitely know, a hall of famer, I would say. Right now, he put himself on that path with this run just it's itself. Hall, hall of Fame, by sure, you had Bruno Sammartino in the 70s, you had Hulk Hogan in the 80s, you had Steve Austin and The Rock of the 90s, and you had Triple H of the 2000s, mm -hmm. and now you have Roman Reigns of the 2010s into the 20s at this point. I mean, you just completely ignored John Cena in this, you know, Yeah, I have to John Cena. Yeah, John Cena, actually, I take that back. Triple H, I would say John Cena is more of an, an impact of the 2000s. Wait, he's 16 time champion. And just breaking through that mainstream. Mm -hmm. So if we were doing this show in 2008, you'd have to say John Cena's a level heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Roman Reigns, uh, there's no uh, no one doubting, like, no doubting him whatsoever. I mean, uh, year over year over year, he's improved uh, significantly. I mean, if you look back eight, ten years ago, and mm -hmm. Mike Runny was average at best. Mm -hmm. Ring skills were always there. The look was always scared, but... He's just kind of elevated himself into that that guy. He's he has like got, that confidence switch. He's got the confidence switch. He's got that Michael Jordan confidence mm -hmm. that um, is really kind of just unmatched. Oh, I agree. Yeah, um, he's doing a great job. You know, there's no nothing negative to say about him. For sure. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, if this sticks after Mania. Uh, mm -hmm. But right now, he is the man. He is. There's no doubt. He's the best. The best. The best. Absolutely. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, we, I think we were pretty aligned on our rankings today. Um, but it's never happened before. It's never happened. And we did this blind. We didn't even, uh, we, we made our ranking separate and we just kind of naturally agreed on a lot of the things. Mm -hmm. But I think post WrestleMania, I think we'll see a little bit of conflict there uh, where we so shake too. things yep. up and new players come in and old stories close a little bit. I agree. Um, but I think we're out of time on this edition. Hopefully this is the last time. Um, <laughs> for this edition of Wrestling Makes the World Takes with technical difficulties. Uh, but get asked wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, 
uh, Odyssey. Uh, follow us on social media uh, at on Twitter at Wrestling Makes and join the conversation with us. But for CB and AD, we'll see you next time here. Wrestling Makes the World takes peace. <laughs>